right, guys, we are back. Welcome back to the 443 Podcast. Reese, how you been? Good, man. Uh, we are currently uh, in the background watching our Manchester United-Liverpool game, which we will recap last in today's episode. Uh, Matt, before we get started, I don't even really want to talk about the game itself. Uh, I wanted to give credit to, to both sides, but uh, terrible scenes happened here uh, with Lockyer uh, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, just give us the breakdown of what happened, man. So it happened around the 50, 50, 55 minute, maybe 60. Um, I was getting ready to take my car into service and the feed cut to the coach. And it's one of those things where you're half watching TV and you see something happen. You don't know what happened and then you can't, they don't do a replay. And it just went to the Luton coach. And I'm just glad that um, Luton's captain's okay. Um, yeah, because I was watching the uh, the Chelsea game because it was on at the same time, and uh, of course. So, um all I, I was checking ESPN, catching up on the scores, and all I see is ABN on the ESPN app for this game, and it doesn't. It says unknown reasons, and then I jump on Twitter or or the social media, and you just see the terrible scene. So um, there was an update this morning. Uh, yep, he's he, doing well. Yeah, but they're still waiting for tests. So uh, again, we don't really want to talk about the game. We just look forward to the rematch or however this will be uh, replayed uh, because it was a good match, uh, and before this 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 uh, this happened. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're with you, Lockyer, Luton Townies, and the Hatter fans, uh, especially when, when it's one of your, your club captains uh, who, who's been with the club for so long. So uh, we're with you. Uh, let's jump into some positive, uh, uh, not really positive, because it's going to be on Friday, uh, Tottenham 2-0, <laughs> defeating Nottingham Forest 2-0. Matt, what were your thoughts on this? So game? I was watching this game, and I remember I texted you at 30 minutes in, like, how is, like, because Forest didn't look good. It looked like they were a house of cards getting ready for somebody, unfortunately, regardless of to topple them <laughs> over. And it didn't happen until 45 plus two. Yeah. Like, I was just like, how are the Spurs just had the run of the game? Yeah, with with the a big loss for Forrest right now has been Awoni missing, uh, like their, their main number nine guy. So they played Gibbs White and Alanga up top. And in my opinion, Alanga is just around the level of what Forrest is. I think Gibbs White is, is a good player. I think he has potential, but... I'm with you, man. Uh, they stood no chance. I'm surprised Spurs didn't get on the score sheet earlier. Uh, Sun is still playing like regular Sonaldo, and I'm liking the way Kulisevsky's playing with his little Batman mask on. You know, he's been cooking with it. I have a question for you. I have one for you too, but I'll let you go first. Thank you, sir. Why every time Richarlison scores, he looks like he's about to like, like literally go into a fight. He turn his face goes all serious, and he's just like. <gasps> I, I, I and then I just uh, he shushes the crowd the guy that the crowd that pays your bills like what are we doing here man it, it's one of the things that just eagers me about this guy and I just want him to have a regular happy celebration with his teammates he always looks pissed he, I told you he looks like a villain like a villain's henchman from the Fast and the Furious series <laughs> with I mean I don't know what it is he just has a villain face yeah but uh, what, what my question to you is like. Okay, to answer your question, I don't know what's going on with his face. I don't like it, but it's there. We have to deal with it. For sure, for sure. But um, my question to you is, uh, what is going on with Matt Turner? Has his dog gotten away? Dude, yeah, that second goal was... uh, um, Now, as a goalkeeper, I can admit I've made my fair share of mistakes in my time, and I know what it's like to to feel like you've let your team down. Um, But yeah, as as a Premier League goalie, if you want to be a starting goalkeeper, those are easy saves for you. Um, You can tell it hurt him, man. Mm -hmm. Immediately after, he puts his head up and then into his hands. 
um, it's tough scene for our, our fellow Americans out there who are who are grinding. I was gonna say because we both have a soft spot for Matt Turner. Yeah, um, any really any of the USA players, honestly. Like I got him to wave at me at the Arsenal game. Exactly. I go Matt Turner, and he looks at me. I'm so close. He waves at me. <laughs> uh, but. I, and I also thought with um, for Spurs, uh, I think Pedro Porter is one of the more underrated uh, outside backs in the league that's not getting talked about enough. He started to get the recognition from main main media in regards to the assist that he's provided. But even defensively, I think he's improved his game a lot from last season where he struggled a lot under Conte. So another thing to set us up for the preview. Yeah. Uh, there are two players that are going to miss because of yellow card accumulation and a red card. Yeah, Pasuma's out for four games now, mm-hmm. right? And they oh also lost Adogi for the next game. Wow. So okay. they face Everton next, and we'll get into our predictions. But just keep that in your mind that yeah. they are injury, and now they're suspension prone going into a game against a very hot team. Yeah, I agree, man. Uh, let's jump into the Saturday slate here, guys. Uh, first game on my list. Uh, I promise I didn't set it up this way. Chelsea at home win against Sheffield United. It's, it was number two after Luton's game. Yes, sir. Two nil. Chelsea win. Um, Sheffield United only had one shot on goal. Maybe six uh, shot attempts. I think in the game uh, for Chelsea, it looked like the third Chelsea team where we dominate but don't really have create uh, creative chances. We have a lot of trouble playing through the middle of the field. Uh, against low block teams, so again, that was just the main struggle as usual. We were having to force crosses again. So, but did you see the XG? Yeah, we we, we uh, the XG makes it seem like I we, didn't get to watch this game. Yeah. It seems like a very one sided game. It was dominant, and I think uh, you know Chelsea fans will be mad at the performance, but at the end of the day, with a, a, a winless streak of two games, you need to pick up some points against the Sheffield team. I'll take it. Um, Benoit Badia-Shield, man. Uh, I'm so high on this center back. Uh, he is going to be tough competition for Levi Colwell if he ever shifts into a center back role uh, because Benoit is such a composed center back and he's like 6'5 with a brute chest. So uh, uh, credit to him uh, and credit to Chelsea. What were your final thoughts on the game? Actually, I had a question for you yeah. on that note. Like, I know as an Arsenal fan, I get that where it was a tr- crappy performance, but and you're mad at them for doing it, but what? Like, why would you be mad at this? Like, I was not. Was it just way too many missed chances? Is what's like Chelsea? Like the the social media are people like yeah. not happy with this? They hate when uh, Chelsea are not constantly putting in chances. So they had a lot of possession, uh, maybe around eighty percent, eighty seven percent, or something like that. Where, in terms of us actually getting into the box and shooting on target, that was something we just couldn't do on our end here. So um, we uh. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why they're mad. Uh, it's a young team. It's going to take time for us to get to get those types of uh, uh, clinical chances like Arsenal do, man. Well, there's always a group of the fan base who gets mad at everything. I mean, exactly. we have Arsenal fan TV. I remember they were just upset about everything for like a five-year period mm-hmm. where everything was just a... They, they live in they live in this small bubble. Whereas if you don't have the if you don't meet the standards of, of as the fooging standards exactly that that these these fans think they have with each season, they live in this small bubble that everything is just supposed to happen in a snap. So it's crazy. I'm going to get us back on topic here, but I was just going to make one more statement. Yeah. Like, but I, other than you guys before the when during the Roma Bromwich area era and Manchester City, I don't think any team, like when Liverpool fans and Arsenal fans, Man United fans are losing it yeah. on this little stuff, I'm like, well how can you compete with 
the Chelsea, money bags, Chelsea and Man City, like they're going to get the players. They, I, when you're two fan bases, I get why there is it, but in the other groups, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean that's just the it's just the way football has transitioned. Um, as for Sheffield, uh, you know, I think it's a dust off game. Was not a great performance for them at all, but they had a few windows of opportunity where they could have countered. But Chelsea had a really good uh, defensive line today. Petrovic, our backup goalie from the MLS, 18 years old, first clean sheet, had only one save that was going off target anyways, but hey, he might be better. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, and next game here, guys. Where are we uh, heading? Manchester City at home draw against Crystal Palace 2-2. Two to two. Uh, Matt's throwing his hands in the air. Matt, what were your thoughts on the game, man? Before- Roy Hodgson, the boy, still got that dog in him. All right. <laughs> uh, Roy Hodgson, another master class, man. Uh, as for City... There was something lackadaisical uh, in the last 30 minutes of the game uh, where I was concerned as to... You can kind of just sense that a goal was coming the way Palace and, and City were starting to play. So um, I do want to quickly shout out Jack Grealish. Uh, good to see him get on the on the score sheet again. I feel like it's been a few games since we've seen him. Uh, those Cavs are still uh, something to behold uh, as a sight. What were your thoughts on the game? Did you see Lewis right before his goal where he did the Jamie Tarth like yeah. Ted Lasso hands right in the center of the the of the, the goal at the box? Yeah. <laughs> did you see that? He was like, ah. <laughs> like I'm open, I'm open over here. He was he's definitely rattled, but it was good that the ball fell to him. I mean yeah. it, it was a perfect volley. Um but yeah, man. Uh do you think there was any controversy on the penalty or it was straightforward, right? I actually thought it was for the first when the two players mm-hmm. tackled that the 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 two city players tackled the palace player. That was crazy. But mm-hmm. and then it was actually the second one that got it. The like, second one where they tripped him. I thought it one of those two would have been a penalty. Yeah. Um, but did you see the first palace goal that breakaway with that perfect little chip mm-hmm. pass? It was and, like the opposite of Grealish's goal. And Ake was caught lacking with Mateta behind him. Uh, and, and this is what I've been saying the last couple of weeks about this city defense. Uh, there's something, some sort of miscommunication going on between these defenders. So uh, I know you're going to, uh, you 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 kind of gave me an idea of what your stoppage time mm-hmm. question will be later, but yeah. We'll this, get into it. Yeah, this, at, at the city time. defense needs to needs to work, uh, work on it. So uh, yeah, next game here, guys. Newcastle United at home win against Fulham 3-0. This game was over after the 20th minute. Let me start on this. A lot of people are saying, how is that a red card? You know, it's a very harsh. It's a, It should definitely be a concrete yellow. I'm sorry. Uh, as, uh, if the ball is not above, uh, I think it was Anthony Gordon's face, like the ball bounced and it was maybe at his hip level. There is no way in hell Raul Jimenez is thinking, let me jump ass first into Anthony Gordon's face and assume that the ball's going to rise above. There's no reason for him to leave his feet. There's no reason for him to turn his back. And there's no reason to put it, put it, put his butt in his face, man. What, what were your thoughts on that red card? I thought it was red. Exactly. I, 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 when I, I watched the replay, I knew it happened. Yeah. And, but when it came, it kind of was one of those things like where you... You see something that doesn't make sense, and you're just like, "Why? Why did you do that?" Anthony Gordon literally got butt faced. That's yeah. you got to feel for him. You know, it's it's never fun to get butt faced in front of your own fans. <laughs> yeah, I remember one time I was driving my buddy to lunch, and a midget ran across the street and ran in front of my car, and I didn't see it coming because it didn't make sense that a midget would be running across Fifty First Avenue. I barely stopped hitting this guy, and then the midget gave me the finger. That's crazy. Um, I'm going to make the excuse because, you know, I didn't say anything about Chelsea's injuries, but, you know, everyone's talking about Newcastle's injuries. Jolington comes off. Uh, uh, Shar also comes off. Uh, but they have Bruce Wayne Botman on the bench, who I believe made a cameo appearance. 
Um, so it's good to see him back for Newcastle. He'll be huge going forward. But I'm, I'm again, I'm not making any excuses for Newcastle because I'm getting tired of it. But I still think Fulham mm-hmm. is gonna be fine. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't see any this is this need is one of those panic if I was a Fulham fan. Yeah, this is one of those dust off games. I mean, you got a red card mm-hmm. in the 20th minute. Yeah. You you pretty much can't do anything from there. And so. then Newcastle just turned the screw on him. Yeah. It just was gonna happen. Where are we heading next, sir? So, uh, last game of the Saturday slate, uh, we have a Burnley at-home defeat, 2-0 to Everton. Uh, it was a homecoming for Sean Dyche, and it was a successful one for him. Matt, what was your thoughts on the game? So, I watched this game pretty much from the right after the 19th-minute goal went in mm-hmm. by Onana um, to the end of the game, and it just looked like Everton was going to win the game. It never looked like Burnley had a chance. Once they got those two, Everton was coasting. And it's interesting to see Sean Dyche not in a relegation fight with competent players. Yeah. He's a very different manager than the, the. I don't know, he reminded me of like an orc when he was in charge of Burnley. <laughs> like from Lord of the Rings, like the orc commander, just this old mean guy, just throwing bodies into people and playing dirty football. It's nice to see him being able to be a proper coach like he probably was before he got put in that rough and tumble situation turf more for many years. I agree with you because when I think about Deitch at Burnley, I think of like the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch just yeah. holding the wall, man. Nothing. We're not going to get relegated. We're not. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, me and you both have those images of this grizzled old veteran just trying <laughs> to hold a line. <laughs> Um, as for Burnley, uh, I'd say it is a dust-off game, but you kind of needed some points at home. But when you're playing against Deitch and, and, and he's in a familiar environment, the two goals that Everton score were proper relegation battle goals. Both set pieces, both you know knock-around balls that end up going in with Ona, uh, one being with Ona. And what I was well. sorry, what I was also noticing was that he didn't know what the team was anymore, yeah. but he knew the home fans. He knew how to tee them off. He knew yeah. all that. He, it was almost like the home field advantage was nullified because he knew how to get under their skin because he was with them for far longer than company who has sure. been. Yeah. He knew what would scare them and rattle them, and you could just kind of see he the home field advantage in this was kind of nullified because he knew what he was getting into. Okay. It never the crowd never troubled him. And if we'll go into the table, of course, before we jump into our preview section, but I do want to give I do want to just give you a projection of where Everton would be after those ten points because they are all I think if not in Europe, just around Europe. So it's crazy if that ten points doesn't happen. So while we're here, I I don't want to forget because I was thinking about doing this as my stop time. But I keep forgetting to write it down. Yeah. Rebecca Lowe was asked in the lowdown last week. Um, and I think if you... Uh, um, yeah. Who will finish higher, Chelsea or Everton? Where are your thoughts on that? Because without that 10 points, they would push Ever- Chelsea down to 11th, I'm guessing, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, if, if that 10 points wasn't a thing, Everton most definitely would be finishing higher than Chelsea. But honestly, if you look at the top 10, they're all relatively close. Um, I'd say Obviously, the top four is a little bit further ahead, but... From fifth on, they're well, they're within like eight points of each other, which seems like a lot. But as the game, the season goes on, you can kind of see those teams kind of creep in together. But if Everton continue this form, man, yeah, it's definitely a possibility they finish higher than Chelsea. I, I'm not afraid to admit that. Okay. I was just curious because, like, she just no question, just like yeah, Everton, and I'm just like whoa, whoa, whoa. like <laughs> it's only at 30 seconds, man. I'll yeah, that's true. Play. Well, she never goes the 30 seconds. <laughs> Come on, I've seen her go five minutes on a question. Uh, into the Sunday slate here, guys. Okay. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> let's give uh, Matt some flowers here. Arsenal at home win against Brighton, two nil. Uh, Matt, what was your thoughts on the game? It was such a slow start. It kind of rattled me first thing in the morning because, like, I know you worked last night and you kind of slept in. I got up to watch the Arsenal game. I had walked Paco. I was 
feeling a little groggy, had my little fancy coffee in my hand, and it just it kind of drug on. The first half, it was just Brighton did their job. Their job is like what's going on with Manchester United right now is to frustrate Arsenal. Yeah. But when Gabriel Jesus broke it open, I I was in the air. This guy fell off me. He was not <laughs> sorry, but this guy, me, my dog Paco, yeah. our third co-host, who's always in the booth with us. But we'll get a YouTube channel up next season with cameras, guys. So we'll yeah. start we'll start getting <laughs> upgrading it. But uh, I agree, man. I'm a little bit disappointed for with Brighton. Uh, I know they're playing against the, one of the best teams in the league, but they had only one attempt. Uh, I, at least when I checked around the 60 or 70th minute, you guys. More basically, I think it ended up being two because even then, yeah. two attempts is is horrendous. Like I said, Sheffield had six attempts, and if you can have at least three to four, maybe five attempts a game, that is worrying, regardless of who you're playing. But maybe they just decided to change up their style a little bit with the way Arsenal have played. Uh, let's give credit to the main man, King Kai Havertz. Oh, I thought you were gonna go with my. Like no, no, I, no. my winner is uh, Dunk. He was playing oh. hero ball to try and keep his team in the game. But sorry, I I, I I texted you as soon as Kai scored when I said King Kai. You knew what was. Oh about. yeah, uh, he he is the best on earth for a reason. Uh, oh, yeah. Next game here, guys. Uh, crazy ending. Uh, Brentford at home defeat to the villains of Aston Villa. Two to one win for Aston Villa. Matt, I know you were watching the Arsenal game, but what were your immediate reactions to the game? I didn't get into anything until they start showing it before the yeah. Manchester United game. I gotta ask you, dude. Like, what happened? Yeah. So, guys, it just looked like a fight. <laughs> I turned. I turned in around halftime, maybe around the 50th minute, and uh, the first goal really quickly. Brentford uh, set piece corner goal, kind of deflects in for for the the. I'm blanking his name, but he scored a volley um, from the PK spot. Lewis Potter. Yes, 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 sir. And then into the second half, um, there is a red card shown uh, to a Brentford player in regards to the um, man. I'm blanking names right now. Who, who got it the red? Ben Me got the red. Ben Me got the red. Okay, yeah, on so Brentford side on a high cleat uh, to the ankle area it was deserved red outright. You know, no questions asked. In my opinion, it was outright red. Um, it looked like an outright red to me yep. too, sir. And that was around the 70th minute, and then you see Villa get a set piece header um, to to then equalize. And I messaged you saying big equalizer. Now, what Ollie Watkins does, or sorry, that wasn't Ollie Watkins that scored the first. It was goal. Moreno who scored the first one. Moreno scored the first goal. Sorry, at 77. Guys, I worked yesterday. Let me slide. Yeah, and I, I got it written down in front of me, so I'm helping about here because he watched it. I have the yeah. box score. I don't. I didn't watch it real time. Go <laughs> ahead. So 77 minute. Right. So into the second goal, uh, it was a flick on from Kamara to Ollie Watkins uh, for a header. Ollie Watkins then runs inside the goal box where he scored, inside the 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 the, the area, and he points at a fan who's just throwing up the tosser fingers at him. And uh, now, at this point, uh, a Brentford center back runs over and tries to push him away because, honestly, guys, you shouldn't be celebrating next to the opponent's goalie inside of his own area. Like, that's just... You're invading his personal space. You're, it's bad form. Yeah, but Neto, or not Neto, uh, the Brentford being goal uh, was actually professional. He actually separated Ollie Watkins from everybody while the pushing was commencing. Uh, or maybe it was Kansa, one of the two players who kind of really started initiating the pushing battle. Then, uh, it, uh, pretty much from that moment on, all hell breaks loose. Uh, so first off, I almost saw the greatest own goal I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Leon Bailey dribbles into his own half. Uh, when he was just in the the attack and after was into his own half clears it all the way to emmy martinez but it just rims out of goal 
like Emmy because Emmy Martinez was standing a little bit more central. Leon Bailey plays it to the wide part of that goal side, and Martinez almost has to make a save. And this is Bailey, the Manchester City hero. Yeah, who's been on flying form. Okay. <laughs> yeah, almost the greatest own goal I've ever seen in my life. Now Malpe is running because they got the corner off. Mope. Of course, yeah, Ma- yeah Mope is running to get the ball, just decks Emmy Martinez, and Emmy Martinez just drops. <laughs> and then uh, shortly after, nothing happens from the corner. Uh, Emmy uh, Malpe gets a little nudge from Emmy Martinez, who falls to the ground. Emmy Martinez, both hands, just grabs Mal- Mope's jersey and just tries to lift him up on his back. <laughs> and uh, chaos insinuates. Uh, Kamara put hands on necks, which he was then sent off. Uh, Emery, who I thought was trying to mediate uh, mediate the situation, gets Not a yellow. yellow because he was stepping outside of his area. But no one was going to stop that. I mean, it was just craziness. Um, but and, what? And how does this lead into the 97, 90 plus seven minute red card that yeah, so, Kamara got? Yeah, so they were all pushing each other, and then Kamara uh, loses control right in front of Emery too, where he just put a ha- his hand on somebody's neck. Oh, the hand throw again? Yeah, when when you do that, regardless of if you, if you have ill will or not with it, even if you're caressing his neck, it is a red card. I'm just gonna say, man, I don't get the hands on the throw thing. I'd rather see a headbutt, an old school. Zinedine Zidane. Yeah, Zidane Zidane headbutt anymore. That's fair. I want, like, if you're going to get a red, just just head somebody. <laughs> but yeah, but that then leads to a pretty long suspension. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I mean, he's getting three or four games for that. For sure, for sure. Where are we uh, heading next, sir? Really quickly, but uh, for Brentford, uh, dust-off game, even though it was complete chaos, you should have held on to the win. For Villa, I think if you're trying to be in a title or top four race, this is the type of results you need. You didn't play your best, and pending other results from other games, this could be end up being a huge, huge result. So We'll have to see where the table shakes out, um, but for sure, it could mean that uh, Villa keep number two, right? Yep, exactly. So uh, into the uh, second to last of the Sunday slate here, guys, we have a West Ham 3-0 defeat. Uh, to the Wolves of Wolverhampton Wanderers, <laughs> Matt. What were your thoughts on the game? I did, wasn't able to watch this. Everything I saw came from the pre the you know the NBC Sports breakdown. Yeah. It just looked like West Ham just had their number from the get go. I, I mean, love sorry. Uh, I love David Moyes. Uh, the way he has a scheme set up for counterattacking, uh, just craziness. And uh, I think with the the way they counterattacked for Kudus's goal on both occasions, Kudus is a special player, man. Uh, again, I wish Chelsea would have signed him, but he is some he is actually turning out a great pairing with Paqueta when they attack together in Bowen, and Bowen with a class finish on his weak foot as well, far post. So uh, credit to West Ham, uh, Wolves. I'm really not too surprised at this result. I'm, I'm not too sure what my prediction was last week, but um, West Ham are just a, a pretty solid foundation team. I think one of us picked a draw, I remember, on this game. Gotcha. It was probably me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, guys. Because I swing for the fences, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll be tracking our predictions next, yeah, next, next season. season. Yep. Uh, so, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with you with our final recap of the Liverpool-Manchester United Derby. All right, guys, we are back. Liverpool-Man United just concluded. Reese, lead us off. You guys can't see he's got one of those little Mario bubbles coming out of his nose right now. Oh, sorry, 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 man. Uh, um, yeah, Liverpool, Manchester United, uh, 0-0 draw. Um, I honestly, I was thinking we would have a bigger recap, uh, but I feel like I didn't. I watched this whole game, you watched this whole game. Nothing. Just the cards, right? Yeah. Uh, honestly, yeah, the red card for, for Dalo at the end with the second yellow, which was deserved in my opinion. 
Um, my question is to you, was this a Ten Hag masterclass or a Liverpool disaster class? I would lean more towards a Ten Hag masterclass. Um, honestly, I was absolutely wrong. I picked an 8-0, and it was a, <laughs> I was expecting this to be blowed out by the time you even got over here. I think everybody would have agreed with you. Uh, maybe not about the 8-0, yeah. but at least some sort of uh, Liverpool yeah. lead. Yeah. Uh, craziness but i mean where where does that leave us on the table though yeah with, uh, liverpool only picking up one point because i think that leaves them tied on points with arsenal at the top and so, only goal difference separates them i believe liverpool or not liverpool i think arsenal are now first in the league so um well before we jump into the table i just because guys again we're not going to do a big recap on this game because there really wasn't something outside of ten hags uh tactical uh, uh performance it was still not a great Manchester United performance and attack. They had a few windows of opportunity with Antony, uh, the Hoyland opportunity as well, which he got uh, should have scored or put away, I should say. Um, I do wonder uh, uh, what the next uh, uh, what the next step is for United after that, because I, I do think they they played defensively well. Varane was back. Side note: Never in my life. I texted you this. Mm-hmm. Johnny Evans would line up to a Champions League perennial winner and and league winner, won it all, World Cup winner Varane. <laughs> you just have Johnny Evans lined up. I think that just tells you everything about Manchester United this season uh, because it's just the injuries they, they've had. I'm with you, so man. Far. I remember when you texted me that. I assumed it was going to be Maguire and Varane. And I went and looked at like was like what the heck? And Maguire, I think Maguire was out due to injury from uh, the Bayern Munich game. Uh, we saw Lissandro Martinez in practicing. He clearly was not ready yet, so he kind of had no choice but to roll with Johnny yeah. Evans. But hey, it was a great performance for that whole defensive line. Uh, I think Varane back is huge for them because he's of course probably their best defender as he's the most. Uh, I was waiting for Ronald McTominay to do something so you'd be able to like go off on it, but he seemed quiet pretty much the whole game. He continues to start games. I, I don't know why at this point you don't just place him up top because it seems like he's just basically playing a second striker role mm-hmm. with Hoijland. Um And Hoijland's not putting his opportunities away. Maybe if McDonald's got the opportunity Hoijland had, he may put that away. Uh, just depends. Bunch of if bands or what's, but... Uh, Matt, I, I kind of want to get this game out of the way in mm-hmm. regards to it because it was disappointing uh, for Liverpool. You, they didn't have that cutting edge that we usually see for them. What were your thoughts? I, I, I mean, everything was on the line. I mean, this is like the first time they haven't won since like last season, right? At yep. Anfield since Arsenal drew. Them. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's like, and you just like they had a statistic on NBC Sports that they haven't they beat Manchester United every year back to 2016. Guys, 2024 is less than 30 days away. That's two years from now. It'll be 10 years without them getting a victory if they hadn't gotten this draw. Yeah. That's and insanity. Now, they still have to go back to Old Trafford at some point in the second half of the season, so we'll see what that second matchup uh, is like. But I, I agree with you, man. Uh, Darwin Nunez did not have a great performance. I felt like he held up a lot of the cutting edge that Liverpool had. Uh, I'm not too sure if Gakpo is out with injury or anything like that or where Diego Jota was. But I understand you want Darwin Nunez in the lineup because he is a pretty good striker. But when you guys are dominating possession and Manchester United are playing a low block like this, I feel like you need to have a little bit more creativity in that final third. And I don't think Darwin Nunez was that guy for you. Every preview of this game I listened to, either being it from neutral parties, even like Gary Neville was predicting it would just be done. Yeah. And... I, I mean, he was good to get something because that would be a bad record to go into the ninth year with being beaten every time you go to Anfield. I mean, I did like uh, 
one standout performance that I that I thought who per- played particularly well was Endo for Liverpool, not Enzo guys, Endo. Yeah. Uh, and I thought he actually had a great performance. Uh, I don't think he is a quality enough player for Liverpool to be starting on a weekly basis because he is a true center defensive mid and his passing ability isn't up to the level of like Fabinho or one of those guys. Or Shobosly. Exactly. Um, Shobosly also didn't have his best game as well. Uh, so Gakpo actually came on. I didn't notice that, but... Graven Birch, I thought, did pretty decent. I see why they started him, because he was going to be going to United and then last minute joins Liverpool, so mm. I thought that was kind of cool as well. But, yeah, uh, in my opinion, Matt, not much to discuss on this yeah. game. Are you ready? To- I think we've gone a little bit further than we thought we would. <laughs> do you want to Do you want to uh, recap the table and then let's, we'll jump into yeah. our previews? Yeah, let's redo the table, sir. All righty. So, rounding out the bottom half of the table, uh, we have Sheffield United with 8 points and seven with 17 games played. Burnley with eight points as well. Luton with 16 games. Again, the abandoned match. But they have uh, a game in hand. Correct. Uh, again, Lockyer, we're with you. Uh, uh, Nottingham Forest is right outside relegation with 14 points. So even if Luton in that rematch or whoever they play next beat their opponent, they still have to get some points afterwards. So yeah. It's Burn- six point. Right, they got to get yeah. two wins by Enforce has to drop something yeah, in those so. games. Townies, Burnley, Sheffield, it is looking rough, uh, especially with the turn of the new year coming, but hopefully they can get some investment in January. I ordered my Luton hat today. There you go. <laughs> uh, really quickly, before we go any further, just want to say Everton is in 16th place with 16 points. Okay. Let's add 10 points, hypothetically. So let's just 26? Yeah. They'd be in 8th place right now. What? Maybe tied for ninth place. One of the two. Sorry. Dang. So we're talking about them possibly being two points off uh, a European spot. Uh, and I just think that's absolutely crazy. Credit to Deitch. Uh, credit to Everton as well with the way they've been playing. Because it's a weird way they play. The long ball, but it works out. So I, I, I respect it. Let's jump into the European spots. In sixth place, Newcastle United with 28 points. Fifth place, Five place, sorry. Fifth, uh, you got Tottenham with 29 points, just one point ahead. Into the top four, Manchester City, 34 points. 38 points for Aston Villa in third. Liverpool in second with 38 points, so they're tied for second. And with a one-point lead, the Goons are with 39 points. So the mighty Arsenal. Yes, sir. So, Matt, on that note, let us jump into our preview All for right. next week. So, we have Thursday and Friday games this week. So, the first game up is the Thursday game. It's Brighton at Palace. I think this should be a fun game. Uh, who's the home? You said Brighton at Palace? Brighton at Palace. Oof. Yeah. Palace Brighton come of off a loss. Palace coming off that epic... Uh, Oh, by the way, I forgot to say, did you see Roy Hodgson give Pep that look when they little second smile, goal? Little smile. That little old man, <laughs> that little, like... Even <laughs> after he shook his hand, there was a little smirk mm-hmm. on him. Like, that I, smirk, that Roy <laughs> smirk. You can tell he's he's loving it. Yeah, uh, I, I, he, he, he's something else, man. Let's mm-hmm. not take the piss here. He's the oldest manager left in the Premier League. He's yep. 76 years old. Pep is 54, guys. I'm in my 40s. I can relate to Pep. I don't know if I can relate to Roy. Like I don't know what I talk about with that man. No, he, that, that that smile was devious. Mm-hmm. That was like a good evening smile, honestly. Mm-hmm. Oh my! He, he was just just yeah. Oh, he's drinking the tea, eating whatever you want to call. It, man, he was chewing the scenery with that. For the game itself, uh, I think this is going to be a close, contested game. Uh, if Brighton play the same way they played against Arsenal, then I see Palace winning this game comfortably. But I think they go back to their old ways with the front footed. Uh, uh, not afraid to to lose themselves and defensively in order to get a goal attacking. 
I'm going to have it as a still 2-1 win to Crystal Palace. I got it as a draw. Fair. That's definitely fair. What was the What's the draw going to be, though? 1-1, 2-2? I, I didn't pick, but I think off my top, I go 1-1. One, one. Nice. Gotcha. I think Brighton will get the early goal, and then Palace will come back at like the 70th minute and get something. Another equalizer. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. And then he'll give Deservey that look. <laughs> <laughs> what's the next game for us, man? All right, next up is the Friday game. We have Sheffield at Aston Villa. Let's go on to the Saturday games. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, hey, don't skip the Night King. He'll come for us, man. <laughs> I know, but yeah. I, I, feel I think good. I'll be safe because I was one of the Arsenal fans that liked him. Sheffield United, you know, I got a soft spot for people who are at the very bottom of the league. But, um, yeah, this is only going to go one way. I actually have it as a 3-0 win Ooh. to the Villains. Uh, a good evening, and I have a Ollie Watkins brace. I got 3-1, to one, but I think you're if I... If we went to Vegas, I'd bet on yours before I bet on mine. <laughs> you got to give them. A, you got to give Sheffield a little bit of love, yeah. so it'll make sense. <laughs> it's just in the in that relegation fight to see if any of those three teams can get out and yeah. bring Forrest down. You got to just keep your goal differential tight because you, it, you can get there, and you got to have a slightly better. It's going to come down to any any scrap you can get is going to be what those three teams need. I agree. What's that Saturday All right, slate? next up, the Saturday slate. The first game is Manchester United visit West Ham at the London Stadium. So uh, I think this is going to be a very good game. Uh, I think this may be a game that may or may not decide Ten Hag's job. Personally, I don't think it should, but a lot of people are saying that across the media. But after picking up a big draw against Pools, maybe they give him another window to lose a game. But uh, West Ham are on pretty good form. Uh, they've won three of their last four games. I only see this going one way, Matt. Uh, I have a 1-0 win to the Hammers, and I have it via a Paqueta Paqueta goal. Oh, I put Bowen. I have 1-0 also. But I think that that game we just saw has saved Ten Hag till next year. You forget how much Manchester United hate Liverpool. Well, not even that. How hard it is to play at Liverpool, Mm -hmm. Liverpool as well. I think he saved his job at least until... Probably if he makes it past the, the January transfer window, I think he's making it to the end of the yeah. year. And I think that's deserved for him because, again, with what he did last year with his team winning a trophy and taking third, they took third, uh, he deserves at least a, uh, the to, till the rest of the season before he's decided on if he should be signed. I don't know, man. I always kind of look back at them not being able to stop the treble for Manchester City because they had the chance. They played them in the FA Cup final to protect their – their their crowning achievement. Arsenal's crowning achievement is the Invincibles. We the, the Arsenal very rarely has to defend that, but they had the chance to stop the trouble. That to me is a black mark for Ten Hag. I, I disagree, man. I mean, I feel like if you make the final uh, in the FA Cup and you're playing against you know the most informed team in the world and you already won the Carabao Cup a little bit earlier in the season, I'm I'm not mad at them making two out of the three two finals, both finals for for the English league. Cup, whatever. You know let what me saying? let me preface this. So yeah. on Bleach Report, there's a lot of Manchester United trolls that come on the Arsenal Bleach <laughs> Report group, and they blamed us for allowing Manchester City to win the league. I, I came back, and I never want to fight trolls or get involved in that stuff. I got so incensed. I went and did battle with them with a couple of other Arsenal blokes <laughs> because they were like, this is all Arsenal's fault. They let them win the league. I'm like, you had the chance to save your treble, and you messed it up. Don't count on us to do it. You had the chance. It's not like you weren't in that final. And they just plopped you down. But sorry, I went on a tangent. Let's get back to the thing. So we got West Ham winning both 1-0. We just both think a different guy's going to do it, right? Yep, and uh, really quickly. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I 
can't disagree with you. That's why I deleted social media. What's the next <laughs> yeah, game for us, that, Matt? It, it's a they were blaming Arsenal for for bottling the league yeah. for not defending their glory. Well, you had the chance and you didn't do it, so that's on you. Gotcha. Okay, sorry. That's a, something that kind of sticks to me from last year. It hurts, man. In it the bottling fun. year, yeah. It 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 was another fan base blaming us for them losing their trouble. It just was like, come on, man. Like, see. Yeah. Chelsea, Chelsea beat Manchester City in the Champions yeah. League final. That's all. Yeah. So, thank you. All right. So <laughs> next up, we go Everton at Spurs. So this is the one I was kind of setting up with those cards. It's a home game for Spurs. Everton's coming off getting their form together. And Spurs have just lost two more players in their injury crisis to suspension. A huge, huge, fucking game. Uh, Tottenham... Uh, who has been in decent form over the last two weeks versus West Ham or not Everton. Everton, who have been the informed team with four wins in their last five. Uh, and personally, I think this might be the day that a Bostokoglu performance is is the is the, is uh, is going to be key for them. Um, I feel like he has to be having the tactics set up perfectly in order for them to defeat that Deitch defense. And I think they succeed. I'm going to go with a 2-1 win to Tottenham Hotspur. Even with the red cars, the injuries, I think they still find a way. Okay. Uh, my bias may be showing it. I saw those two cards happen on Friday. Two suspensions happen. I'm going with the 1-0 to Everton. Don't don't say bias, man, because it, they, they've won their four of their last five games. You know, it's not... But it's my arsenal. I kind of won Everton. I got gotcha. I gotcha. It, it, there is a bias in my head. I, I see. It, looking at this match, Everton has deserved to have the... Prediction. Yeah, prediction. Yeah. But I'm also kind of one, like, you're leaning towards Spurs because, I, you know, and my thing goes, I really want Everton to win, but Everton's really good, so they might do it. I gotcha. There is a little bias in my thinking. I think it'll be a fun, fun game, though. I think it'll be physical as well. Uh, I think Romero, uh, I'm, if there was a betting man to get a red card, I think Romero may see red in that game. Uh, but no, what's the next game for us, man? All right, so we go to Bournemouth, Bournemouth at Forest. Do not ever disrespect the Cherry Prince's hey, team. Hey, man, name I just game. have a, I just tongue tie sometimes. <laughs> uh, Bournemouth Cherries, who are currently undefeated in their last five games, win, win, draw, win, win. Completely crazy uh, seeing that form from a Bournemouth team if you've watched them over the last couple seasons. Versus a Nottingham Forest team who has lost four of their five recent games. So you and me have been seeing this in the the cherries from the early part of the season. We yeah. were talking about this before we even started recording this pod that we thought that Bournemouth should be doing better. Yeah, they shouldn't be getting just beat beaten like redheaded stepkids like they were early on in the season. Oh my god! I'm, I'm pre- sorry. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I'm predicting two nil to the cherries. I think this is actually going to be a back and forth game, just the way Nottingham Forest and Bournemouth both play. If Nottingham Forest don't play a low block. I think it'll be back and forth, and they have they will nick a goal, so I have a 2-1 win for Bournemouth. But if they play their low block way, I think it'll be a dominant performance for Bournemouth, but I'm going to stick with the 2-1 win for the Cherries. All right, next up we have Burnley at Fulham. I don't know how to predict this game after yeah. watching Fulham uh, just get done. Just destroyed by Newcastle. I agree. One of the underrated games of the week because I feel like both of these teams will have a, a decent performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, no Raul Jimenez, who has been firing on all cylinders recently. Excuse me. Uh, but I am going to give this a very boring, even though I just said it'd be an interesting game, 0-0 zero, zero draw. <laughs> I got 1-1 one, one draw. I think that's fair. I don't see any team particularly playing better than the other, but I think it'll be physical, and I think they'll both have chances. In my opinion, I just don't think any of them convert. Okay. Um, so we'll see 
if, any, if this game still goes, because yeah. we don't know what's happening with this, Newcastle Luton. Oh, yeah. Same with Bournemouth, uh, Nottingham Forest as well. We'll, well. I'm sure they'll reschedule that one for a later date. The mm-hmm. Well, both those teams don't yeah. play midweek football, so I think yeah. it will be a Wednesday game. For sure. Uh, Luton, Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle slowly, slowly getting healthier, but they did lose some injuries again. So kind of like Chelsea, like as players come in, players start deciding to get hurt. Uh, but I still think this will be a dominant Newcastle win. They need points here, in my opinion. Uh, so I'm gonna go with a two 0 win to the Magpies. Jordan or uh, Matt, you gave me a look. What's the look for, man? Well, Luton at home has been playing really good against the big teams, okay. and um, Newcastle also. I mean, they may cost the English teams a European spot with them in Manchester United. How bad they did in the Champions League. Can I say why that I think it'll still be yeah. a comfortable Magpies win? Of course. They play totally different than you or you. Uh, sorry, not you. Well, you, but yeah. Arsenal or City play <laughs> because you guys are both very front-footed, suffocating type of uh, attacking teams. Versus yeah. Newcastle, they're a high-pressing, willing to let the other team attack, and they're also huge, man. They're they're slightly a bigger team than than City and Arsenal, where. I feel like Luton won't be able to capitalize on those. Okay. They won't pieces. be able to use their size advantage they were against those two teams. Oh no, I think I'm going to go with my one 0 to the Hatters. What? But okay. um, I, I think yours is probably more plausible. I'm going with my heart. You're going with logic. Yeah. I try to be as non-biased as possible, but sometimes bias leaks. I'm Kirk. You're Spock. I think <laughs> I think you're going to be right. All right. Star Wars still. clears, by the way. Star Wars clears. Go ahead. <laughs> That was a Star Trek reference. Yeah, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Star okay. Wars is just mild. Gotcha. All right, so next up, we have Arsenal visiting Liverpool in their place they haven't won in a very long time. Game of the season. One of the games of the season. Uh, obviously, will be our big review. Um, and this is something we'll re- be reviewing right after the game is over. This is something we have to talk about mm-hmm. for a full, 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 uh, full review. So um, we might be getting a little bit later pod out to this yeah. next weekend. If this game ends zero zero, I will personally uh, wear nothing to my Christmas uh, Eve family party. I'll just go there naked because I feel like that's just disappointing and. Oof. That's a weird thing to say, but should just, just wear one of my Arsenal scarves, man. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I want you to give your prediction first, man. So I'm not feeling good about this game after watching that game, and I'm I predicted three two to Pool, and I think Pool's going to come out and want revenge. Um, Arsenal's back line's getting riddled with injuries. I just have a bad feeling. So it's three two. Your final prediction? Yeah, three two to Liverpool. I think Arsenal's going to give them a game, but. We, our manager has something in his mind about this ground, and the players, even when they were up two zero last year, they barely held on to get a draw. I think it's gonna Liverpool's gonna gonna get them. You kind of leaked into my prediction there. I think it it goes exactly how it did the second half of last season's game. I'm gonna go with a two two draw mm. to the uh, to to both sides here because I do think Arsenal have matured uh, enough to where they can get points from Anfield, and I think uh, with Declan Rice. As much as I hate the guy and his veneers that he got for his teeth, uh, I do think he plays a big portion into you guys playing well. Don't make fun of Chris, our former boss's favorite player. That's his son, actually. All right, go ahead. <laughs> they do kind of look alike. Yeah, for sure. All right, so this we finished Saturday. Now we're moving to Sunday. What's so, up, sir? I'll, Chris, Reese just give a look that I have to ask what happened. No, go ahead and no, say no. the g- Tell say, me what happened. <laughs> well, I'm following along here. No, go ahead, because okay. I'm going I'm to so cuss. So Sunday tonight. slate is Chelsea at Wolves. Is this what sets you off? Yeah, I okay. don't, don't want to curse, but can I... Yeah, go right ahead. We'll get no, the explicit tag this one. I'm, I'm not going to curse. Ned Flanders curse, like I try to. <laughs> no, I'm not going to curse, but what the fuck, dude? Like, <laughs> like, what the fuck? 
Why is first off this game? This is, is the second time you've done that where you're like, I'm not gonna cuss. And you just drop the f bomb. No, let me. Can I? <laughs> right. Can I? Let me. Yeah, about. Let me talk to you guys real quick, right? They got this game at six a.m. in the morning Arizona time. Let it's the only game. Matt, let me go. Let me. Let me freaking go. Six a.m. on a Sunday morning. On Christmas Eve, you bastards have this 6 a.m. and it's the only game on Sunday? You bastards. You guys should be ashamed of yourselves. Why? Um, and Boxing Day is supposed to be like the big, you know, you know, everybody watches. Mm-hmm. Six in the morning? I am disappointed. And and honestly, I'm going to be watching, unfortunately, because I'm still a Chelsea fan. But I wish I wasn't. You know, I wish I wasn't. Because this, this pisses me off. But Matt, So this will be one of these games where I'm clear-headed because I'm used to getting up early. I don't work nights. And Reese will come in with a with his coffee, just looking mean and just angry if things don't go well. Because he doesn't normally get up that early. I'm going to be so freaking pissed. Our dude. third co-host will not let me sleep in past 7, so I have to get up. And take him outside. There's nothing worse than living in Arizona and watching your team lose before 7 in the morning. It ruins your freaking day. Try being in Hawaii and having to watch (laughs) your games at 3 in the morning. I would get up and I would go to the common room. I'd turn on the TV when I was in the Navy. At least you got the beach near you, Matt. We have desert, dog. Yeah, that's true. We got nothing here to look at to to ease our mind, all right? Hawaii, at least get a nice view, you know. But 3 in the morning. The bars are closed. You can't even go watch it at a bar. You have to watch it alone at your house when it's... You know, it's, it and just sucks. You know damn well this is going to be one of those performances where Chelsea is just going to be like, you know what, we're the only game of the day. Uh, we're going to just go ahead and play like the second team where we just show nothing and we're going to lose. But uh, what are your my, predictions, though? Yeah, let me cut out my rant. Let me get back into Zen mode. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with a, uh, uh, I don't know. Matt, give me your predictions. I got 2-1 like, to the Blues. I okay. think Chelsea's going to do this. Um, I like what I saw from our defense last week, or, or this past week, sorry. Uh, I like Benoit Badiashiel. We have a huge outside back issue with injuries. Um, we have Malagusta coming back. I do think we can win. We can. But with the time zone that it's in, the time slot that it's in, and we're the only game on the Sunday, I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw for, for this game, unfortunately. Okay, and I will come in on Sunday with the ramp ready for you, mother effers. Who, who, if there's and if this result isn't a Chelsea win, I apologize to everybody who listens to next week's podcast because I'll be freaking heated. Uh, well, I'll just make sure to pop explicit on the uh, podcast before I even start uploading it, so I don't forget. Just like I have to today. <laughs> I gotcha, Matt. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into our stoppage time. All right, uh, you go ahead and ask me your question. All right, first. so let's say I set up some historical data. Um, Robbie Musto was saying he's worried for Manchester City after what's going on with them. I'm going to set the historical table, which apparently Musty didn't look at. So at this time last year when um, this is all week 17 stuff at the end of week 17. In 22-23, they were 35 points, one point more than they have right now with a current of 34. In 21-22, they had 41 points. They went on to win the league comfortably with that the year. In 2021, they had 29 points. This is the year that they uh, Liverpool got 99, yep. and they got 100 to win the te- game. And the last time they didn't win at Week 17 was 1920. They were at 35 points, and they lost the league. So I, well, are you worried about Manchester City after hearing that historical data for the last couple of years, where they were at at this time, when everyone's always worried about yeah. them? And, and uh, what I would say is, is I'm not worried about Manchester City. But I'm worried about their competition in regards to that 
Arsenal haven't really dropped points. They have struggled for a brief window, I'd say. Mm-hmm. In Liverpool until today, uh, not really have haven't really dropped points as well. Now, some would say with you when you were looking at the beginning of last season, where Arsenal were leading that whole first half. You guys maybe had one loss. I think it was to Manchester United mm-hmm. during that stretch. Yeah, that weird weird game where I was yeah. having forcing my friend on a road trip out in the Navajo reservation to keep updating me on the score because I was trying to get it as fast as I could back to Wi-Fi. And I got a speeding ticket that cost me one hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> so it, it, on that note, um, I think that goes to tell you all about the resilience of City. I think this season comes down to which. Kevin De Bruyne is going to come back is it going to be the same old Kevin De Bruyne who's the best midfielder in the world or is it going to be a more an old, old man Kevin older maybe not as fit Kevin De Bruyne who still has a little bit of magic to him he's going to be the key if he comes back to old De Bruyne I don't see a problem with City if it's not regular De Bruyne I will be a little bit worried um, but as of right now, I'm going to hold my prediction that City can still win the league. So follow up on that. Yeah. When I went back and looked at these tables, they only had maybe one team competing with them. Right now, if you, I say there's, I think Aston Villa's in this. They yeah. have a three-team competition. Do you think that hurts them more? For sure, um, because that, that just because means, now they're not just chasing one. Yeah, and this this just only means that every game is even going to be more important than the last. And uh, as long as Villa continue to pick up results, and as long as Liverpool and Arsenal continue to pick up results, you have to win out. And with, like you said, three other teams being in this race, one of them is going to be the one that's going to be on form more than the others who will basically set themselves ahead, whether if that's Arsenal or Liverpool. Or Villa. Maybe Villa. Like I think they're a medium horse now. You medium, really? Yeah. I'm still on the little horse train, but I uh, but that went against uh, the uh, against uh, well medium like at a movie theater. We have small, medium, large, and extra large. They're okay. medium. They moved up. I gotcha. Because uh, what they that gutsy they pulled out to get that win today that kind of shifted me into their their beating City, beating Arsenal, and then holding up against a Brentford that Thomas Frank looked like he was going to have a stroke during that that match. <laughs> What, what, what do you think? Are you worried for City? I know I am not worried for City. Um, if you took me to Vegas and like had a bomb strapped to my mom and said, you got to pick the champion, I'm putting my money on <laughs> on City. <laughs> to save my mom's life, I put my money on, on Pep Guardiola and City. And I think your reason for picking that, was that due to the trauma of last season or just in general no, I the just, last four or five? Just looking at the historical data, yeah. they just they I win. You. I mean... That 1920, I mean, Liverpool barely won it the COVID season. They only won it by, like, I think five or six. I got you. Um, yeah, my final thoughts on your stoppage time question, just to mm-hmm. put in a, put a bow on it. Merry Christmas. Uh, I'm going to go with a City still is my Premier League winner, but it does come down to, uh, one, the defense, if they shape up, and Kevin De Bruyne. Okay. And do you have any stoppage time for me, sir? Yes, sir. So uh, I'm going to set the stage. We have about five, or sorry, six teams below seventh. Uh, you have West Ham United, who are in eighth, Brighton in ninth, the Blues are in tenth, Fulham in eleventh, Brentford in twelfth. Okay. Of those, did I say five? Six? Yeah, I think you get named five. five. Of those five teams, do you see any of them creeping into a, fi- a f- uh, top five position in the Premier League? The reason is, is because with the Champions League change next season, top five actually gets you into the Champions League. But there's a chance that if one of the League teams can't doesn't win it yep. or can't make it to the final four, then it could go away because exactly. of how dismally Newcastle and Manchester United performed. If exactly. one of them made Europa League, it could have been different. But it also plays into the factors of Europe 
Europa League and your Euro. What's the third one? Europa Europa Conference, Conference League. League. Yeah. If we can win those, then we definitely yeah. go. So you're saying a Premier League team needs to make top four of the Champions League in order mm-hmm. for us to have five spots. Mm-hmm. I mean, in my opinion, that should be inevitable uh, over the last but four. But we only got Arsenal and Manchester City. <laughs> yeah, but if you look over the last four or five seasons, you know, it's been Man mm-hmm. City or Chelsea or Liverpool mm-hmm. in those final four. So. so I didn't mean to take you off topic. So what's, what's the question? You're yeah. trying to see if one of those five teams can make it into the top five? Not the top five and then also leapfrogging those teams below them like a Newcastle and uh, Manchester United, do you see any of these teams picking up enough form to creep into a top five position, I guess is my question. Because in my opinion, you have Manchester United, Newcastle, Tottenham, set top six in my opinion. So I would say Chelsea with an asterisk because even though I'm an Arsenal fan, I don't really like Chelsea. Mm -hmm. They have talent and it depends on how, if they're able to spend money in the window. If they're able to get that gentleman who's not happy in Italy. Oshiman. Oshiman. If they're able to get him and graft him onto this team, I think that would set a guy like Enzo Waffen back into his assisting glory. Yeah. Um, I think it would just be Chelsea with an asterisk if they're able to get a proper striker in um, in the window. Oh, man. Uh, I don't want to rant again, so I'll wait till next week about uh, the Chelsea January transfer. Or we'll save it for January. Well, you're Chelsea under a different January. ownership now. Things may be different. I know, but... I. I we'll digress. Because okay. Chelsea in January... I. I'll I'll just say this now. I really hope we don't buy a player like Oshiman in January because if it does not work out, we are effed. So, okay. um, my, the reason I ask because I really like West Ham this season. Uh, I really think if they maybe bring in a player in January as well, European champions West Ham. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think if they bring in another player for that midfield to to pair with Suchek and, and Paqueta, I feel like they can be a force along with James Ward-Prowse or maybe a defender as well. Um, because they are missing one player to take them over the hump of becoming a consistent uh, European team. Excuse me. As for Brighton, uh, I feel like they need a lot of investment right now uh, because they are having a lot of injuries and there's a lot of holes in that team. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I had to pick, man, honestly, I would tend to agree that Chelsea, out of these five teams, has the talent. But everyone is everyone's continuing to not talk about Ivan Tony is going to be back at Brentford, and I think that's bigger than people are realizing because Brentford have been good, mm-hmm. not great, but they've been good without Tony. If Tony is Tony of last season, I can actually see a circumstance where they string together four or five continuous results and maybe squeak into a top six or seven race. I just don't see any of these teams. You think getting Tony's into just like five. at the gym and on the training ground, just training his body like he's Rocky getting ready for a fight? No, he's still betting. He's just gambling. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, man. I hope my scenario is a little bit is happening uh, because I like Tony, and I have shown you I have like five Tony rookie cards <laughs> because I I was betting big on him to be a big player and hopefully get some of the value when I bought them all for two dollars. Exactly. When nobody cared about Ivan Tony. I mean, they're right now, and and this is what I was kind of talking about earlier, maybe before the podcast. I don't remember when we discussed this, but I mean, you have Newcastle who is in sixth place with twenty nine points. Uh, Brentford are at 19. So they're all within a 10-point scope of each other. And if, you know, really, if any of these teams can string together a couple of wins, you're right into that mix of a European place. So um, just an interesting question, uh, something we'll be tracking all season. Matt, um, do you have any further uh, stoppage time no, questions? I did my 1.5. Gotcha. Uh, another great episode here, guys. Uh, we apologize. We didn't have a great big recap of uh, Manchester United-Liverpool, but honestly, you can blame them, yeah, it was not a us. Church. <laughs> uh, but we'll be looking forward to Arsenal-Liverpool and all the games next week. 
And we will see you guys next week. Matt. Live long and watch some football, lads.